Welcome back to Challenges of Faith radio program. I'm Gary McCants, the producer and host, and thank you for joining on What Is Going On Around You, Do You Know? Episode number six, thank you for joining. Let's start off with the global news. I know you heard about the 4.2 magnitude earthquake in the Mediterranean Sea near Israel. Are you keeping everyone up in prayer? Why are you? And speaking of earthquakes, how about Turkey? Did you hear about Turkey's media being regulated and fined three broadcasters for reports containing criticism of Turkey's president's response to the February the 6th earthquake, which killed 42,000 people? According to the Guardian UK, did you hear about it? Did you hear about North Korea's nuclear site exposes South Korea, Japan, China to radioactive materials? Did you hear about it? Are you paying attention to that which can affect you, your loved ones? Maybe the people at your place of worship in the pews or behind the pulpit. Maybe your community. Maybe out there in the social world, the educational world, the medical world, the political world. Don't you want to know? Did you hear about 145,000 baby formula cans that's been recalled over possible bacteria contamination in the middle of the ongoing shortage? Did you hear about it? And speaking of babies, did you hear about how infants, you know, babies outperform AI and common sense psychology before the age of one? Did you hear about that? Or did you forget that it takes humans, humans, to enter the data inside computers. Do you notice always from our country in Canada, researchers, who are these researchers? Do you know? From the United States and Canada suggested that scientists should stop using harmful terminology and instead adopt more inclusive and precise language, including replacing terms such as male and female with sperm producing and egg producing. What? Did you hear about the 39-year-old Mozambique pastor died trying to fast for 40 days in emulation of Jesus Christ after going without food or water for 25 days? Pastor Francisco who founded Santa Trinidad Evangelical Church and was also a French teacher, died in the hospital in Berea City on Wednesday. He had lost a weight, couldn't stand. The doctors at the hospital said he had acute anemia and digestive organ failures. Attempts to rehydrate him with serums and introduce liquid foods failed. The members of his place of worship said the pastor and congregants would 
often fast, but never for such an extended period. Keep the family lifted up and loved ones and brethren. But we should be careful. We're not Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God. Did you hear about what happens when you are online and supposed to be browsing incognito? Well, did you? Private browser modes offered by popular web browsers such as Safari, Firefox, and Chrome provide a certain level of online protection, but privacy experts say that these modes have limitations and may not offer complete protection against tracking and surveillance. Private browsing modes are best suited for protecting web activity from others who use the same device, reducing cross-site information sharing and avoiding tracking across websites. However, it may not prevent third-party tracking or law enforcement tracking, and it doesn't provide protection against IP addresses which can be used to geolocate users. Users can take additional steps to maximize digital privacy, such as using VPN for browsers like Tor, correctly configured. But have you heard about it? Go on over to Twisted Sifter and read about it. And since we're on the topic, how about that cyber attack? Earlier this month, they forced produce giant Dole, D-O-L, to temporarily shut down production plants in North America and halt food shipments to grocery stores. Have you been paying attention? Have you even asked? And I'm not saying that disrespect, but I'm saying that don't you think it's time to know what's going on around you? How about the investigation by the 74 that revealed the sensitive mental health records of hundreds and possibly thousands of former students at the Los Angeles Unified School District were published online after the district was hit by a massive ransomware attack? Did you know that the student psychological evaluations were published on a dark web leak site by the Russian-speaking ransomware gang Vice Society? Did you know that the records include highly personal information about students who receive special education services, including their detailed medical histories, academic performance, and disciplinary records? Did you know that 10,000 of individual files, including scanned copies of Social Security cards, passports, financial records, Another personnel files were also leaked. Did you notice that? But most importantly, did you know that the district has not alerted those whose information was exposed and federal privacy laws do not require school districts to notify the public when students' personal information, including medical records, is exposed? Did you know that? Well, did you? Now, you know, the experts have warned that a lack of transparency by the district highlights a gap in existing federal privacy law. 
So when you're running around here just giving up all your personal, private information, thinking is all for simplicity purposes, think again. Always remember that a person who wants to commit a crime, they're going to find a way. Did you hear about in a rare act of goodwill toward Iran's Christian community that the Iranian government pardoned and released two Christians in prison for acting against national security by organizing house churches and promoting what they deemed to be Zionist Christianity? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about over in Virginia at the B.M. Williams Primary School in Chesapeake that they hosted an after-school Satan club on an elementary school? And I know you've been paying attention to the revival that's occurring on the university. You know, the Ashbury University Awakening continued to spread to college campuses across the country. I know you've been paying attention, like two more colleges in Pennsylvania and Missouri, as well as a middle school in Tennessee. And as the Asbury Revival continues, an Israeli pastor from Jerusalem who was there tells all Israel news what he sees God is doing. Pastor Wayne Hilston said he was deeply moved at the sight of young people humbling themselves in worship and confession before the living God. Hilston has lived and ministered in Israel with his wife for 40 years. Originally from Canada, Hilston is the founding pastor of King of Kings Community, the largest evangelical and messianic congregation in Jerusalem and one of the largest in Israel. But he's also a graduate of Asbury Seminary where he earned a doctorate of ministry. Hearing all the buzz about what was happening at Asbury, Hilston decided to go see for himself. And when he went, he had an opportunity to spend about 11 hours on the two campuses, including about eight in the Hughes Chapel, the epic center of the dramatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God that has inspired 14 days of nonstop, 24-7 worship, prayer, confession, and repentance. And he shares that he was blown away. He said that he's not particularly emotional, but he broke down as he participated in an extended time of spirit-filled worship and adoration of Jesus Christ and people humbling themselves before God and seeking his face. He said he was particularly touched that it's mostly young people under the age of 25 who were at the core of the revival. Now think about that. How about you where you are? You've been praying? You've been paying attention? What is God doing around the globe? What is he doing with you? Did you hear about the former church employee, an Indiana lady that's been sentenced to two years in prison for stealing more than a half million dollars from the church where she worked and using the money to pay for vacations and gambling. Now, you know, trust is important. You always hear me say, irrespective of who you meet on a daily basis, does their shoes match their lips? 
Here's a case at St. Matthew's Catholic Church and School in Indianapolis. Over 13 years as a business manager there is where she stole that money. And it wasn't found until November of 2021 when she was on leave from her position. And her temporary replacement noticed suspicious transfers from the parish's gaming account to an external bank account. And further investigation led to the location of over $289,000 in transfers to multiple accounts, including a phantom account created in the church's names. Did you know that? Are you paying attention to the people that's handling your money? The people's money? whose motive is to give unto God. Did you hear about over at NASA, NASA, the cordy-sized meteor as heavy as four baby elephants to hit Texas over at McAllen, Texas, with the energy equivalent of eight tons of TNT? And thank God nobody was hurt. But did you hear about it? You're so caught up in everything else. Do you know what's going on around you that can affect you? As I reach for my water, you don't mind, do you? You know how I always give you a chance to reach for yours, coffee, tea, or milk, orange juice. <clears throat> Lord willing, upcoming Sunday, going to continue with Jonah, part two of three. And our brother Herman Saliba over in South Africa, Cape Town. And my co-host on Wednesday, author S.A. Jewell, is going to be discussing prayer. I'll return and discuss peace past. Can't wait for those topics. But let's end today with, since we started with earthquakes and prayer and revival stories. And speaking of earthquakes, have you looked at the bigger picture? Or have you? That these earthquakes are not simply tragedies. They're end-time prophecies that's coming to pass. And you and I need to prepare ourselves because Far terrible things is coming. What have you? Joel Rosenberg talked about a lot of you may be skeptics thinking these earthquakes are terrible, but maybe he's blowing them out of proportion that they're not prophetic. That they're not a fulfillment of Bible passages. You know, telling people to watch the earthquakes to become more Numerous and more catastrophic as the world approaches the return of Jesus Christ. Don't be ridiculous, Joel. These quakes are just random acts of nature. Is that what you're saying? Because he continued on sharing some facts, you know, F-A-C-T-S. According to the U.S., if we talk about the United States, Geological Survey. 19 of the 20 largest earthquakes in human history have occurred since 1900. 
In fact, the U.S. government say the world is now experiencing some 20,000 earthquakes a year or about 55 a day. Given increasing urbanization around the globe, the fact that more and more people are leaving the countryside, moving into large cities to find work, and thus becoming so concentrated in large cities, even less intense, can now do horrific damage. He used the the example of the 2010 earthquake in Haiti. Rosenberg said it only registered 7.0 on the Richter scale, and that's why it's not in the top five, top 10, or even the top 100 most intense earthquakes in history. But yet it was the deadliest earthquakes in nearly 500 years and one of the deadliest in all of recorded history, killing more than 300,000 people. Rosenberg said that it's not popular to say this, but he has to say it and you need to hear it. He said, you're seeing more earthquakes than ever before in human history with greater frequency, horrific destruction, and massive casualties. Yet the worst is yet to come. Are you paying attention? Well, he continues. Unfortunately, Bible prophecy tells us that far, far worse is coming. One such prophecy is found in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. The other is found in the New Testament, the book of Revelation. Rosenberg said, let's start with Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, where the Hebrew prophet describes the eschatological conflict known as the war of Gog and Magog. Ezekiel explains that in the last day, an evil dictator will rise to power in a region known in Bible times as Magog and today known as the Russian Federation. Going on in Russia now. You now have heard that China, I know you haven't taken your eyes off of Iran and North Korea, but Ezekiel explains exactly that. This dictator forms a military and political alliance with Persia, the country we now today known as Iran. And together they recruit Turkey, Libya, Sudan, and a range of other countries into their alliance. Then they ordered their military forces to surround, invade, and conquer the prophetically revived and reborn state of Israel. And yet the Hebrew prophet Ezekiel, writing more than 2,500 years ago, described the Israeli military defending the Jewish people. Nor does Ezekiel describe other countries coming to Israel's defense. Instead, just as Israel was about to be swallowed whole by this Russian-Iranian alliance, Ezekiel tells us that the God of Israel moved supernaturally to judge and destroy Israel's enemies with the whole world watching. Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 18 through 20, I know you wrote it down. It indicates that on that day when God comes against the land of Israel, G-O-G, The Lord God says, my fury will mount up in my anger, in my zeal, and in my blazing wrath. I declare that on that day, that it will surely be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, 
all the creeping things that creep on the earth and all the men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. Were you listening? Rosenberg continues, the earthquake's epic center will be in Israel. But the shock waves will be felt around the world, and that's just the beginning of the judgment. I will call for a sword against him on all my mountains, declares the Lord God. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 21, every man's sword will be against his brother. In other words, in the ensuing chaos, the enemy forces will begin fighting each other. Then in verse 22, God says, with pestilence and with blood, I will enter into the judgment with him. That is against a Russian dictator known as Gog, G-O-G. And I will rain on him and his troops and on the many peoples who are with them, a torrential rain with hailstones, fire and brimstone. And when it's all over, Ezekiel tells us the devastation is so catastrophic that it takes seven months to bury all the bodies and that it would take longer. But the birds of the air and the beasts of the field will eat most of the bodies of the enemies. And the most dramatic judgment of God upon mankind since the days of the exodus out of Egypt when the ten plagues fell upon Pharaoh and his people. Now let's go back to the earthquakes. I know you're ready. God tells Ezekiel that the mountains will be thrown down. The steep pathways will collapse and every wall will fall to the ground. And you can see that in Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 20. The question is, does that mean that literally every wall on the planet will fall? Or just that every wall in Israel and the Middle East will fall? Does the prophecy mean that literally every person on the planet will be physically shaken? Or does it mean that the destruction will be so great throughout the Middle East that everyone on earth will be emotionally shaken by fear, higher gas, and oil prices? And by other less physical but no less powerful forces, you paying attention to what's going on in your country, in your country. Oh, what about your country, and your country, and my country? When was the last time you prayed for your loved one? When was the last time you prayed for your pastor, your pew members, your neighbor, the community? Local leaders, the doctors, the teachers, the professors, news media. When was the last time you paid for your nation? The politicians running your nation. When was the last time? And speaking of revival, you know I love stories. The story is told. Dwight L. Moody, you you do know who he, he was, do you not? Especially if you know anything about Chicago. Chicago Moody Bible Institute. But he was on vacation in England from his ministry. And at one point during his sabbatical there, a local pastor asked him to speak at his church. So Moody went to preach the next Sunday morning, and that afternoon he wrote in his journal that it was the deadest crowd he had ever seen. And the only thing worse than preaching to those same people was that he had promised to speak again the same night. But that night, halfway through his sermon, something happened. The people started to come to life, and Moody felt compelled to ask if anyone would like to become a Christian. Many people stood up, and he was shocked. He said, maybe you don't understand what I'm asking. 
So when we are dismissed, if you want to become a Christian, come over to this little room and meet with me. And when the service was over, guess what? Moody went to the room and it was packed and many became believers. He was on vacation. And so the next day, Moody got on the train for Ireland. But the Lord had other plans getting off in Ireland. He found a message waiting for him. Come back. Revival has broken out. So Moody returned to the church and preached for 10 straight nights. And over 400 people came to the Lord. Moody was perplexed. How could he have known that an 80-year-old widow named Mary Ann Adeline had read one of his sermons in the newspaper and began praying every day that God would bring D.O. Moody to her church? What is this about prayer and revival, especially prayer in the secret place? How and why does it work? An old widow's love and concern for her spiritually dead neighbors inspires her to pray relentlessly and specifically, and the vacation plans of a great revivalist are adjusted for a local harvest. A God-orchestrated vacation revival for D.O. Moody right in her hometown. Brother of the household of faith, when was the last time you prayed? Because believers pray because you love. But have you asked the question, how many spiritually dead neighbors do you have? And if you see them with spiritual eyes and you truly love them, consider your sister in Christ, Mary Adeline, in this story and her deep concern and how the Lord channeled one of his trusted servants right into her neighborhood. For a local revival. And stay tuned to Challenges of Faith radio program. Tune in. A couple Wednesdays from now, I'm going to share a couple personal stories that's going to involve prayer of a grandmother that I had an opportunity to meet and the story behind that. And also about revival. Where I was invited by pastors of a city to attend a breakfast, and I did. But what did I say to them? 